Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude our study of the book of Jude with verses 20 to 25. Verses 20 to 23 reads, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Jude ends in verses 24 and 25 with one of the greatest benedictions or doxologies found in the New Testament. Please listen to Pastor Scott Basolo as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Your Necessary Spiritual Circle. All the difficulties Jude has described and all that we encounter in our lives, God is able to keep you from stumbling. This doesn't mean that there won't be difficulties or that there won't be sin that is in our lives because there are and we will. But God will see us through. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This is only the first aspect of God's ability. He is also able to make you stand in the presence of His glory. And if possible, this is perhaps even more magnificent than the previous. Psalm 5.4 proclaims that no evil dwells with God. That means that God cannot and will not live and abide in the presence of sin and evil. But what is the irremovable component of every man? It is sin, is it not? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And a few verses earlier in Romans 3.10, which we just read, there is none righteous, not one. And yet God is going to make us stand in the presence of His glory. How can this be? Well, it's because He transforms us. He makes us new. This body of corruption and death will put on immortality. This body which is sown in dishonor will be raised in glory. And God will do it for He is able. Go look at 1 Corinthians 15. This is an astounding progression to eternal life. The Greek word here for presence literally means down in the eye of or in the immediate sight or presence of. It's not like we're going to be with God, but we'll be up there in the nosebleed seats of the 10 million person stadium. No. Beloved, you'll be under his immediate gaze, literally down in the eye of, in his very presence. Oh, brothers, how inexpressible is this consideration that we will be in the presence of Christ, that we will be under his watchful gaze, that we will be adjacent to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
It's amazing for us to recognize his gift to us. So my thought is, okay, he can make me be there, but I'll be hanging my head and shameful, recognizing so undeserving that I am. And, and so often, I feel that surely this will be so. But no, look, we will be blameless and with great joy. We will stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy. The word blameless here is the word that means without spot. It is the picture of the old covenant sacrifice of an animal. It is the exact word used of Jesus Christ in 1 Peter 1.19 and also Hebrews 9.14. And Psalm 1.5 says that the wicked will not stand in the judgment, but God will make us stand blameless and with great joy. And the unrestrained exaltation of the end of verse 24 bursts into verse 25. To our only God, there is no other God but one. And that is the reference to the Him back at the beginning of verse 24. The one who is able at the beginning of that verse. And next, He is exalted as Savior. God the Father as our Savior. 1 Timothy 1.1, making the same proclamation. Just as God the Son is Savior. Just as God the Holy Spirit is Savior. This perfectly in keeping with the unity of the Trinity and all of Scripture. And all of this accomplished through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the conduit by which all glory and praise are ascribed to our Father God who is Savior. And so the verse and chapter conclude, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forevermore. Amen. Glory is the radiance or effulgence of his being. See Hebrews 1.3 or the Mount of Transfiguration. Majesty is a word used only three times in the New Testament and it focuses on his power and his supremacy. Dominion is a term reflecting God's sovereign control. There are no random molecules. There are no random elements. God is sovereignly guiding all things according to the character of his will. Power indicates his unrestrained ability to exercise his free will. And the duration of all of this has been before the beginning of time. Genesis 1.1, which we're so familiar, begins in the beginning. The Hebrew phrase is referring to a past tense time, something before the beginning. So also with John 1.1, in the beginning, an imperfect verb conveying past ongoing action, something before the beginning. God has been from eternity past. And not just that, he is also in occurrence now. And God is outside of time, and he exists also in an ever-present now. He exists inside of all time and outside of time at the same time. And if this is hard to grasp, welcome to the club. And it is forever. Into the eternity of eternities, or as Hebrew so beautifully puts it, la olam, la olam, the forever and forever. And so we conclude as does the apostle, amen, truly, verily, let it be so. The book of Jude and particularly our text are much like that cyclical pattern of holiday entertaining. 
The pursuit of righteousness is a lot of work. It's a good work and we can enjoy it and we must engage in it and it's absolutely necessary if we're going to succeed and move to the next steps. Likewise, the next part of providing resuscitation is a much more difficult work. It's a work that frankly we'd rather not engage in. But if it isn't done, then there's no way for us to enjoy the fullness of the final reward. Just like that particularly difficult part of preparing our homes. And when we engage in the producing of rejoicing, all the work and all the difficulty pass away for the joy that is ours. Only spiritually, it is an eternal reward. And the cyclical pattern that exists here is that we are in abundantly blessed to be able to encourage others in their walk with Christ. Just as each holiday comes, we again embrace these opportunities. We can cycle back on all of this by encouraging others to know these truths and to live in them and to grow in them. We must share these things at this season. We must engage in speaking the name of Christ. His is the only name under heaven and on earth by which men can be saved. And here we are at this beautiful holiday season. When someone says, happy holidays, say, no, Merry Christmas. And let me tell you why. Because Jesus has made it merry. And it's merry for you and he wants to know you. Try that and see what happens. Most people just kind of go, whoa. But that's okay too. We need to proclaim this truth. We need to invite people to our church. We need to let them hear the message of our pastor at this holiday season. To hear the beautiful singing of Christmas songs and to hear the gospel message proclaimed so that they might be saved. We need to invite them to Christmas service, you know, so that all of the CE Christians can come to church, uh, Christmas Easter Christians. You know, we live in a rather conservative climate. Most people would say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Great, come to my church. Come listen to our Christmas musical. Come to Christmas morning service with us. May the Lord find us faithful in all of the elements of these verses. For when he does, the eternal rejoicing rejoicing will be beyond compare. May Christ be glorified in each of these and in each aspect of your lives and in each and every one of you as you live out the truth of Scripture and of our Savior every day of your lives. Let's pray. Father, we... Thank you for the strong admonition of your word, uh, for our necessary faithfulness. We thank you, Father, for the admonition that we must reach out to the most difficult in this world to seek to save them, to show them mercy as you have shown mercy to us. To seek, Father, to snatch those that are on the brink of the fires of hell. To take those, Lord, whose defilement and sin is rottenness that is evident throughout them and recognize that these two are created in your image and that we would also have mercy with fear on those. You would strengthen us, Lord, to be used in this way and that as a result, we would have a greater rejoicing. We would have a greater excitement. And Lord, we would be able to better proclaim your excellencies and mercies and that we would sing our praises with an even stronger and greater voice. And that as a result of all of this, you might receive all of the praise and all of the glory which you alone are due. 
And we give you thanks for this, asking it in Christ's name. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.